Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, June the 22nd, 2022. The weather today will be a little rainy with a high of 20 degrees. Thanks, kiddo. (laughs) Appreciate it. Good Good morning, morning, everybody. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> We're broadcasting live as we do every morning on the Podbean app. I uh, just download the Podbean app, look up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. You can listen in live. Uh, you can join in on the chat uh, with all the other investors who join us every morning as well. You can click the call in button and ask any questions that you want about real estate investing, and we will answer them for free every morning, well, Monday through Friday. Excluding holidays. Excluding holidays. <laughs> We do have a holiday coming up uh, next Friday. Yeah, July 1st. July 1st will be a day off. Yeah. You guys can sleep in a little bit if you want. <laughs> or do something productive. Yeah. You do you. Uh, got a couple upcoming events. Uh, we got Friday live training this Friday, mm-hmm. appropriately. Um, <laughs> every Friday, live training, except for holidays. <laughs> except for Friday, July 1st. <laughs> this Friday yet. We'll be doing uh, live training at 6 p.m. in the Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group. Go join the group. Get involved. Another another great community. Yes. Um, there's there's a good online community here for the morning show. There's also a great online community there for the, uh, uh, the, the, the Real Estate Investing Masters group. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's all about community, right? It's all, all about surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. Um, also, it's it's a good uh, it's a good credible community. Yes. Some communities, not so credible. <laughs> uh, also, this Sunday we've got our uh, real estate investing advanced uh, workshop. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, building your brand, building your REI brand, and all the benefits that come from building a brand. Um, marketing yourself to get the best results in your real estate investing business, uh, whether that be getting more deals, whether that be attracting joint venture partners, private lenders, you name it, anything, anything that involves creating opportunities and getting people to say yes, building a brand is how you get it done um, the right way. So yes, we're going to be covering so that's that. A, that's a full day um, course this Sunday. There's still time to sign up. So you can head on over to Eventbrite and search Prairie Home Investments and you'll find the link there. If you use the show, um, if you use the code morning show, you'll get 50% off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome day. I was putting the finishing touches on the slides yesterday and I'm really excited for this. It's, um, it's, it's the gold. Yeah. That people, if people implement, they're going to be very successful. And if so. you don't, well, you don't. <laughs> yeah. It's a choice. That's all. It is a choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it really, it really is going to be amazing. Um, looking forward to reviewing that with you today. I think that's pretty much what we got going on today. Yep. Is, um, 
Yeah, because I'm I'm heading out tomorrow, so it's our last chance to review together. Yeah. Yeah, Friday live trading is just going to be me this Friday. It is. Um, so look out. <laughs> Should be fun. You know who I got an email from uh, last night? Who? Daryl. Oh, really? Daryl Steele's emailed me. Nice. <laughs> He's a real boy. <laughs> He's a real boy. I don't know if Daryl's in today. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, who is this Daryl? Daryl's been showing up every morning except for this morning wow as soon as i as soon as i bring it up he's not here um <laughs> he's here every morning and doesn't say a peep anyways got to know daryl a little bit and uh so that was exciting <laughs> i I was, I was kind of excited I, I don't remember what time it was but i was just like i was lying down on the couch or in bed or something like that and uh i, I see an email pop up it's like daryl's deals in the subject oh really oh that's awesome <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Um, I got, got a bunch of questions we can dive into today, but um, I guess I just want to like catch up with you a little bit. This is my opportunity to catch up with Gabby because we don't do we don't do um, we don't do meetings anymore. <laughs> we just kind of like you know talk in passing. Talk in passing. Um, I, I call her sometimes when I'm driving. Um, you don't like it when I call you when I'm driving, though. Yeah, when Wayne is out for the day, um, I get really excited because those are my super productive days. Like, I can just sit at my computer and, like, get through shit and, like, mm -hmm. get so much done. And Wayne was out all day yesterday. And so it was, I was like, yes, I'm going to get all these <clears throat> slides finished up. I'm going to do these other things that were on my list of things to do yesterday. And he called me every 15 minutes for <laughs> about 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd have like 15 minutes to work and then he'd call again for 15 minutes. And I did not get as much done yesterday as I thought I was going to. Very Apologies. disruptive. Apologies. I, um, well, what I was doing was uh, I was checking out all the flip fix and flip properties. Um, so we met with our contractor and, and, just checking in to make sure we're still on the same page. Um, just minor stuff. Hey, we still doing this? Okay, cool. Hey, is this still going on? No? Well, okay. Oh, oh what do you want to do here? Yeah. Yeah, like stuff that we could have done over text, but um, I thought it was important to kind of force ourselves to go out and just double check just to make sure that we're not missing anything. Yeah. There were a couple small things that we could have missed, but ultimately it wouldn't have been the end of the day or uh, the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> eventually it would have been the end of the day <laughs> oh that's a butt biter <laughs> um yes so uh yeah we just went out and we went out for lunch and uh but there was just some yeah just some little stuff that we had to check up on but uh but anytime that i finished up going to a house i'm like okay i should probably call gabby and update her and every time i updated her she's like oh no i don't want it done that way i'm like why am I even here? Why do you update me if you don't want my feedback? Mm -hmm. And you would say, what do you think? <laughs> you had some good points. Yeah. I, could, I had too much stuff to do, so I couldn't go. I really did want to. I would have been ideal had we both been there. But yeah. um, sometimes you do have to divide and conquer to get shit done, especially for me. I have a short week, so I have to utilize my days. Well, well. you can come next Tuesday. 
next Tuesday, I've got another, um, we're checking out the two new properties. Mm. Um, we're going to do have a plan for, for those two properties. Will we have possession of them? No, we're just going in early oh. just to do up like bring a measuring tape, measure stuff out, order stuff early. Cool. Um, figure out a plan. So next Tuesday, I've got another meeting. You yes. can come to that one. Um, yeah, otherwise I, that, that was yesterday. Today's today. Not, nothing really exciting going on. <laughs> I ordered the, the oven range that we talked about yesterday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got that all ordered up. Um, just an FYI in case people are, um, looking for appliances. I know that a lot of people go to the scratch and dents and buy them themselves, but if you're at a point where you no longer go shopping for yourself, <laughs> um, which I can't, I, things just need to get ordered and delivered. That's it. It's my only option these days. So, um, if you're looking for appliances mm -hmm. and you're worried about delivery times and stuff being delayed, um, Home Depot seems to be pulling through for um, short delivery windows. So like if you go to like, you can go like Best Buy, The Brick, Lowe's, um, Leon's, like all of the places, all of the major places that sell appliances, yeah. um, even Canadian Appliance Source, all of them. And their delivery windows are quite far out, like um, not super far, but like into July, you know, like beginning, mid, end of July, depending on the appliance. Mm -hmm. And um, Home Depot, just like I've had to order two appliances recently, and both times they have delivery within like three days. Yeah, so, it, which is which is great, especially if it's for a rental where something's crapped out mm -hmm. and you need to get something ASAP, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's a really good option. So just a little insider's tip. I did all the, all the research yesterday. How was the pricing? <laughs> You know what? Um, I was noticing some pretty good deals. I saw like a GE stainless steel um, electric range with like a glass top for like eight ninety nine. Um, which good? yeah, I mean like that's like the old pricing. That's what I used to be able to get, yeah. and now it was hard to find anything under like twelve hundred dollars for a range or a fridge or a. Um, dishwashers, I couldn't find anything under like 800. I've noticed a couple like six and seven hundreds. Yeah. So I don't know if pricing is, I don't, I can't see why pricing would come down. Maybe just inventories, um, getting back to normal and those cheaper ones are now back in stock. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but yeah. Um, yeah. The reason I ask obviously is because we have a, we have a lot, lot of appliances to of buy. appliances to buy here in the next little while. Yeah. You know and what I'm finding though, is that um, I really like when buying, when you need to buy a whole suite of appliances. Um, I've tried like coast appliances and stuff and like getting them to put packages together for me, but their, their pricing is never what I want it to be. It's always much higher than I'd like to spend. Do you, do, do they know who you are? <laughs> They know that I'm a business that's flipping houses. That's going. That was looking to buy a lot of appliances. Fox sakes, you just said the name. <laughs> yeah. Well, I at the same time I also said they don't have great pricing. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I uh, created a bunch of business for them. <laughs> but the um, the one that I do like is oh shoot now who is it? I think it's the Trail. brick. I think the brick. Um, 
has like prepackaged suites of appliances. So you can literally just go into their website, go into the appliance section and look at like kitchen packages yeah. and they'll put together like your fridge, your stove and your dishwasher. And then it, it also has like, they give you a pack of like stainless steel pots and pans and stuff too, but mm -hmm. um, irrelevant. But those packages of appliances are actually at really reasonable prices. Mm -hmm. Like if I take those individual items and try to put together my own suite, um, the pricing is like a grand more. Really? Yeah. And it's like nice, nice packages. Obviously, I it drives me crazy now shopping for appliances because the Samsung ones are always so much cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, but like, anyways, hmm. I, um, reason I ask is because it's, uh, appliances are one of those things that they could, for the most part, the renovation costs are pretty fixed. You might be able to save 10 cents a square foot, you know, on a thousand square feet. So like a hundred bucks, right. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you go buy an appliances and it's significantly more than last time you bought it. Right. Yeah. So you really need to be like on top of it. And I mean, buying in bulk is just not an option for us. One, like there's not many places that where you'll get bulk pricing mm -hmm. um, where they'll even look at it like, like that or have a discussion Two, I do not want any more appliances in our garage, <laughs> um, whether they work space. or they don't work. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, we're going to have to find a place and then we're just going to have to let them know how much volume we're doing so that they take us seriously and they give us better prices. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just so hard to find. You yeah. Know? Um, Ryan says in the comments, so we don't like Samsung appliances. <laughs> yeah, we're shitting on Samsung today too. Yeah. It, they just have such a bad rap. Like they're just known to be crappy appliances that crap out and cost a fortune to get fixed. And I used to just say that because that's what people said and I didn't know. Yeah. But I've experienced it now. I've experienced the Samsung <clears throat> crappy appliances. Um, so I, I don't know. And like, why are they so cheap? You know, like, I don't like to be that person that's like, oh, if it costs more, it must be better quality. Um, because it's definitely not always the case, but why are they so friggin' cheap? Like they are significantly cheaper than the other brands and they always have really crappy star ratings as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it kind of speaks for itself, but in a flip, when you're just selling it, if they're pretty and they look really nice, somebody might walk in and go like, ah, oh, they're Samsung, but I don't think that's going to stop them from buying the house. You yeah, know what I mean, <laughs> uh, Samsung's better than Hisense, that's for sure. Yeah, um, you know, Hisense is just a lower name brand. Um, yeah. I think we're okay with Samsung's. Yeah, it comes with warranty, right? Like basic one year, but in a flip, it doesn't matter, right? Right, in a flip, it doesn't matter if they look pretty, and then it's like it just is what it is. Yeah, um. Uh, like if you were going above and beyond in like a super high end flip, I would get super high end, nice over the top appliances. Mm -hmm. But for just, you know, the flips that we're doing, Samsung's fine. 
I wouldn't, I just knowing what I know, I wouldn't put them in my rental properties, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what are the odds? Cause I get this, I had this question recently from someone else. What are the odds you can pull up an insurance application on your phone there and, and go through the process for getting insurance on, I guess, is there, is there a real difference between getting insurance on like a rental property and getting insurance for a flip property? The difference is a lot of money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we haven't talked about insurance very much. Um, I, I have, I have a plan to reach out to our, you know, insurance broker and, and getting him on, see if I can convince him to wake up this early. Um, but the question came up recently and I, I'm what curious. What was the question? Uh, how do you set up insurance? Pretty much. Okay. Well, you reach out to your broker mm -hmm. and um, like, I just, I have the template for the application form because I've set up an incredible amount of policies <laughs> over okay. the years. So, but if you've never set up an insurance policy before you reach out to the broker and tell them you're looking to get insurance okay. and, and flip insurance is very different than rental insurance. So you need to be very clear at what you're looking for, because if you're flipping a property and you have a rental policy on it and something happens and you're putting a claim through and they can very clearly see that this is a flip property, uh, you're going to be in trouble. Um, so you need to be very honest and transparent about what you're doing and they'll send you the appropriate application for what you're looking to get. So was the question about flip insurance or about rental property insurance? I mean, I guess it's kind of both. Like, yeah, I guess like, the 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 process doesn't really change, except that you need to be clear with them about which one you're getting. Mm -hmm. It's the basically the same application, um, and I'll go through the one difference at the end here that I do. But um, so we use Sadler Insurance. Um, you've all in probably yeah in Alberta. You've probably seen the name Steve Hambly mentioned across all of the Facebook groups and internet chats about insurance because he's fantastic and the policies that they broker are fantastic. For rental properties, these are like top of the line policies. You are covered for everything, tenant vandalism and like all that stuff. Like it's, it's a really in-depth, really great policy. I've compared them. Mm -hmm. Like I've printed out the huge booklets of the policy and what's covered and um and it's a really great one so ryan here says broker made it super easy i gotta say fill out the application get a price yeah like super simple yeah so um on the application they're going to ask you your personal information they're going to ask what type of dwelling it is um the year that it was built and basically a really great thing to have on hand so that you're not kind of like ripping out your hair being like i don't know i don't know i don't know is the mls highlight sheet Okay. So, you know, when you look at the property on, on the MLS and you, it's basically that sheet, that, that write up description, how many bedrooms, square footage, all that kind of stuff. Above ground, is, below ground. Yeah. Is, is printed out onto a PDF MLS highlight sheet. Your realtor normally sends it to you. Um, and so to have that handy, you're going to be laughing when you go to fill out the form because it, yeah, sometimes has most of the information for you. Sometimes it has nothing. Well, the reason, the, well, a good, a good reason to bring this up right now is, is that, you know, you're going to go and buy your first rental property. Um, good morning, Liam. I see Liam just strolling in 19 minutes late. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. um, 
you're going to go and you're going to buy your first rental property or your first flip property. And you're gonna be like, yes, I got this. Okay. What's next? What's next? Or you call into the morning show and you're like, what do I got to do? Oh shit. Insurance. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to pull up your MLS listing sheet, your, your information sheet. And then you're going to be like, okay, well, like what kind of wiring is it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not going to tell you what kind of wiring it is on the sheet. Mm-hmm. It's not going to tell you what kind of plumbing it is and what percentage of plumbing is, you know, for what, you know, supply lines, drain lines, um, it's not going to tell you what percentage is carpet, which percentage is vinyl, which percentage is laminate, which percentage is tile. You have to know all that stuff. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to try to give you as many tips as possible and, and please make as many notes as possible. Um, come back to this episode and, and, and refer to this uh, when you do look at a property because when you're touring the property or when you're getting your home inspection, this is the time to write it down. Yeah. Um, don't be like me and go and walk through it. I have no idea what you're looking at other than the six items. Like for me, like I just walk through. Yeah. And I count windows and I look at the roof and then Gabby's like, what kind of wiring? And I'm like. It drives me crazy because because often like he goes and secures properties. I'm not really part of that. Like if I just happen to be with him when he's going to look at a property, then sometimes I see them before we buy them. But it's very rare. And so Wayne doesn't think about insurance. He doesn't think about all these things. He's just like, do the numbers work for the flip? Okay, good. Offer done. Got I'm, property. <laughs> I'm, make, I'm making, I'm being more conscious of it. Yeah. yeah. But so <clears throat> for a rental property or a flip, a really great tip would be to reach out to your, if you don't, if you don't already have a blank application, reach out to the broker beforehand. If you know that you're looking for a property, just say, Hey, I'm going to be getting a policy on a property um, in the coming days, months, weeks, whatever. Yeah. Um, can I have a copy of the application form? They'll send it to you, print it out and bring it with you. And so the, if you know that you're going to be putting an offer in on the house, or like Wayne said, if you're going to be putting conditions and you know that you're going to be coming back for an inspection, bring it then, but bring it with you and go through the house and be like, oh, okay, there is a deck. Yes. How many square feet is it? Hold on. Let me pull out my measuring tape. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because otherwise a lot of the time you're just kind of guesstimating to the best of your ability and that can affect your policy yeah it can affect that can mean dollar signs that are not necessary you could have put that the you know covered porch is 300 square feet when it's 50 and that's more just more material like that's more that's also something that your insurance provider can use against you in the event of a claim yes you told us that this that there was a wood siding and there's clearly vinyl siding Mm mm-hmm Right. You told us that it was copper wiring and it's clearly aluminum, yeah. which is higher risk. Therefore, you didn't pay the proper premiums. Therefore, we're not paying you out your claim. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, sorry, continue. I just I just thought it was important to say. Yeah. Yeah. So bringing bringing the application with you and going through and making sure that you have all the answers right then and there. Um, but if you know, if you're Wayne and Gabby and Wayne doesn't do that and you're not in the <laughs> house, <laughs> then. Um, there's been times where I just had so little information. I was able to get off the MLS highlight sheet that I actually had to book a time to go to the property to get the information. Uh, we've had to do that. Um, we've, um, actually on Loyola, I didn't have any of the information and we booked a time. Well, they wouldn't let us. Yeah. Well, we booked a time to go and then last minute they canceled and said, no, you're not allowed to come in. My lawyer said, I don't need to let you in. And so we said, okay, well, we literally can't get an insurance policy and close on this property unless we have the answers. So I wrote out like 
a huge email with full of like 20 questions that they had to go around their house and find answers to. Yeah. And um, so I got the information that way and submitted it. But it can be it can be frustrating filling out this little sheet when you don't have all the answers. Just so add it as like just like Gabby said, print it out and bring yeah. it with you. Make it part of your um, when you're doing yeah. your home inspection. Yeah. And, and that's a great time if you're getting if you're getting conditions and getting a home inspection, bring it with you with the home inspector and ask them. Yeah. Okay. So what type of plumbing? Copper. Okay. Yeah. What type? You don't know of? what okay. it's called. And what year I... do you think this hot water tank is? Oh, okay. I legit yesterday thanks to Dallas, he actually showed me how to determine whether it's copper or aluminum wiring. I legit asked him yesterday. I'm like, dude, how do I know? And I mean, there's there's a couple of easy ways. Um, and there's a couple of things to look for. But, you know, I learned that yesterday. So now I know how to look for it. Yeah. Um, because that's going to make a big difference, right? Yeah. Um, as well, I was I was talking to him about, um, I asked a bunch of questions about electrical yesterday. Electrical stuff I don't really quite understand. Yeah. How do I know if the panel is good enough? I always just went by the size of the panel. Um, you know what I mean? Like you can tell the older panels like, okay, this clearly needs teeny to be tiny, not enough tiny. breakers. Yeah, yeah. There's like four <laughs> breakers on it. Okay. This clearly needs to be updated. Um, but then again, there are some that are sufficient, but they're just 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do I, how do I tell the difference? Um, so it asked a lot of good questions yesterday, but what I'm getting at is when, when you got your home inspector there, and you're walking through properties, ask them the questions, yeah. right? And get them. If, a lot of times they're going to bring a laser measure or they're going to bring a, a measuring tape. Ask them to measure the rooms for you. Why not? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Or yeah. you can do it while they're doing their thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, but basically, so like on the application, they're going to want to know like um, when was the roof done? What type of materials is it? Yes. How old is your furnace and hot water tank? When were they last replaced? Show of hands, how many people in the chat know how to look for all this stuff? How old is your hot water tank? Do you know where to look? What kind of uh, shingles do you have? Um, shingles is usually pretty easy. You can see. But you think on someone's first rental property, they know? The, yeah, like, they might not. Yeah. What type might of shingles not know it what is? asphalt shingles is. Yeah. Uh, would they even know that term? Yeah. Like most, I, I, I'm just saying this because I remember myself when we were getting started. I didn't know everything about the house. Yeah. I didn't know how to determine how many, uh, uh, what type of windows it was. Yeah. The different types of windows, how many panes, like all that stuff. I, I had no way of knowing. Yeah. And, and also, I didn't know that you can actually check in the windows to see when they were installed. There's all these little tricks that you pick up along the way through with experience um, to know how old the windows are and when they were you know, made and how many panes, all those other things little tricks of the trade that you pick up along the way. But I just remember myself when I was getting started, I did not know any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember you asking me questions, you know, 10 years ago and Hex, <laughs> PVC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sorry to interrupt. I just, I just remember what it was. Uh, yeah. I just remember what it was like. And, and it's easy to, to say those things, but um, there's so many little things. Mm-hmm that that you don't know in the beginning and you're not supposed to know that's why you have a power team yep right that's why you surround yourself with with professionals even to this day i still you know i rely on my team for a lot of stuff yeah um i just ask questions because i'm 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 not interested in becoming a plumbing expert i'm not interested in becoming an electrical expert i pick things up and it makes things easier for the day-to-day but yeah um 
I'm not interested in learning all, you know, getting a ticket and everything. Yeah. Um, or learning all, you know, all of the real estate law. Yeah. There's another one. Right. Yeah. I don't need to know all of, you know, part of real estate law. I just need to have someone that I can rely on that I can contact. that can answer in a timely manner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what CEOs do. Yeah. Right. The CEO is not the head of the accounting department. They have an, they, they have an accounting manager, mm-hmm. right? They have a marketing manager. They have a sales manager. They have a production manager. They have a warehouse manager. They have a technical manager, technical services manager. They have a customer support manager, right? Mm-hmm. Booking manager. Help me out here. I think you've made your point, Wayne. <laughs> Get what I'm saying? Yeah. Get what I'm saying? And if they don't, they hire consultants. Mm-hmm. But the CEO's responsibility is to make decisions. Yeah. Just a couple decisions every day, a couple key decisions and let everyone else do their jobs. Yeah, so um, back to the application. Um, yeah, it's just it's basically just going to ask you a ton of questions about the house, like how high the ceilings are, what the square footage is. Does it ask that? If the, yeah, if the um, basement is finished, if it is, what percentage, how many square feet, um, yeah, type of siding, if it has a deck, a greenhouse, a shed, a, like it, it wants to know everything. It wants to know if you have a fireplace. If so, is it wood or gas or whatever like it yeah so you literally just need to tell them like all of the features of the house and you're just answering questions so it's like yes or no and if it's yes like how many square feet is the is the deck and those types of things um and then as wayne mentioned earlier like the types of flooring like it needs to equal 100 percent. so what percentage is carpet what percentage is vinyl what percentage is this and that so the difference with a flip from a rental property is that um, when you get to that portion of the of of the application of like the types of flooring and stuff, they want to know the types that you're replacing, not what's currently in there, because you're going to be replacing it pretty quickly. So they want to know the value of what you're putting into the property, right? Mm-hmm. So that would where be where it would be different for a flip versus like just buying a rental property is obviously a rental property would be just what's existing, what's already there, whereas a flip would be what you're replacing it with. And then um, the other main difference is that on a flip, they want to know your full scope of work. So in this particular application from Sadler Insurance, they have a, an additional features not listed section. And in there, I put our entire flip scope. So like everything, replacing main floor with vinyl plank, replacing basement and second level with carpet, uh, new baseboards and trim, new interior doors, new exterior doors, new windows, uh, replacing kitchen cabinets, installing quartz countertop, brand new stainless steel appliances, like everything. So whatever you are doing, um, installing pot lights in the living room area and basement, yeah. um, drop down ceiling in the basement. So going like telling them exactly what you're doing. And there's also a big difference between if you're ripping out drywall, like if you're going like down to the studs, that's going to make a big impact compared to leaving existing drywall. Mm-hmm. So being very clear with what you're looking to do in the flip. If you guys have any questions about this or any other questions, uh, don't forget to call in, click the call in button. And, uh, and we'll answer your questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, then you just submit it and 
wait for your price How long <laughs> and cry it? when it's a flip. <laughs> well, well, why? It's just super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, flip policy, like it definitely depends on the size of your property and, and where your property is and all those types of things. But like we, what do you mean where your property is? Well, for instance, um, and this goes for rental properties as well. Um, are you on a floodplain? Mm-hmm. Are you in a really low end neighborhood compared to a really high end, high um, neighborhood? Are you saying the, the likelihood of crime? Um, no, I think the, the value in the rebuild, like all they're getting from you is basically the, the size um, when stuff was replaced. You could have you could have a thousand uh, square foot house in what's a really low end neighborhood, Alberta Avenue mm-hmm. and a thousand square foot house in a posh neighborhood in St. Albert. And the insurance policy, like, so, so they're just taking the basics of what you've told them, you know, it's, it has copper, they might both have copper um, plumbing, they might both have a furnace that was replaced in 2005, they might both have, but do you think that this is going to cost the same rebuild of the crappy thousand square foot house, old house in um, Alberta Avenue? as it is the higher end house in a higher end neighborhood. Okay. So re rebuild value as well. Yeah. Rebuild price does, does play yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, what about like proximity to like, um, emergency services? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that, is that question still in there? I remember it being years ago, but it you used haven't asked to, me in a while. It, it doesn't anymore. Maybe that's the difference between the rental and the flip. Yeah. Um, applications because they are slightly different and I haven't filled out a rental one in several years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, cause yeah, I remember you needs to not within the services, but, uh, within a fire hydrant right. has to be within like 10 meters or something like right, that. Right. Right. Yeah. But what they're, they're, what they're just doing is assessing risk, right? Yeah. They're just assessing their risk on their end. What's the likelihood of, um, What's the likelihood of, you know, if there's a fire, you know, how long is it going to take to be out? If there is, uh, you know, is, is it in a high crime area? You know, what's the likelihood of vandalism and things like that, right? Um, a, a lot of your premium, as Gabby said, is based off the rebuild value. So they're going to they're gonna look at how much you paid to build it or how much, sorry, how much uh, the property was um and how much of that is land value and how much of that is actually just the re mm-hmm. the rebuild value. Mm-hmm. If the thing went down to ashes, yep. how much is going to cost to replace? Yeah. They'll Google map it. Um, Steve has actually told me in one instance, um, because it was because we had a new build property and on Google maps, it was like the old, um, the old lot that he actually, because the property was in Edmonton and he's in Edmonton, he went and he did a drive-by. Mm-hmm. And, I remember uh, that. It was... Yeah. Yeah. So they'll kind of, they'll, they'll want to make sure that they know what they're dealing with and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, do you have to include like appliances too? Or what about yeah. like other personal belongings? So, um, yeah, with, um, they'll, like with a rental property, 
um, they'll normally, because you're insuring the building, right? And yeah. then your tenant is getting content insurance, but the only contents that you really own within the building are appliances. And so they do, um, they do ask the value on those when it's a rental property. They'll ask, you know, what's the value of replacing your appliances? And they'll include that in the policy as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's pretty standard that the appliances have always been around like five grand for replacing your fridge, stove, dishwasher, washer, dryer. But that's just your appliances though. Like you're just not, your appliances, yeah. Not, nothing else inside? No, because that's it's all building material aside from that, right? Right. It's all construction. Right. Yeah, so those are really the only... Um, um, unattached goods. <laughs> yeah. Al Ray made a good point in the comments here too. He says a rental also has someone living in the home, which has less risk than a flip because yep. it's vacant. Yep. And uh, flips also have trades coming and going. Different people have access to the property. It's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What about like um, for rental properties? Um, what about like a coverage? This is something I hear. I'll get a story for you actually. Um, and this is why it was, it, it was so important to me early on and why we decided to look into it early on when I was getting started, I had a guy on my hockey team that had a rental property. It's just side note. I just, I love reflecting back <laughs> and just remembering that, wow, this guy had a rental property Yeah. and I thought he was so cool. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that you guys all had these moments in the past too, where like you, you met someone who had a rental property and they were just so super chill about it. And I look back now, I'm like, that guy didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Um, but you know, I remember it was one of the first, um, examples of someone that I met that was, that owned a rental property and he was thinking about buying another one. And I just thought that this was so cool. And so he had this, um, he had this apartment unit, not an apartment, apartment unit like a newer southwest area of Edmonton, probably like a Terwilliger area. Just one of those new apartment buildings. And uh, he was negative 300 bucks a month cash flow, whatever, no big deal. Um, But the building had a fire. And a large percentage of the units were affected. His unit was not affected. However, something happened. It was like smoke damage or something like that. Something happened where it was not habitable for like, I remember checking back with them. We had a tournament or something like that. And I'm like, hey man, so how's, how's your rental property going? At that time, I'd been buying some rental properties and just it was a common, it, it was a common ground, something we could yeah. talk about. And he goes, oh yeah, no, that, that, thing's, that thing's still not uh, fixed yet. I'm like, dude, that was like almost two years ago. He goes, oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fucked. Like I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm damn near going to, I'm done. They're probably going to foreclose on me. Like, what are you talking about? I guess because the building wasn't habitable, he wasn't able to get tenants back in. Okay. So the tenants moved out and they, they just left, they broke the lease and, and whatever, but because the building wasn't habitable and he wasn't able to rent it, his insurance would cover the rebuild portion but it didn't cover any of his expenses. It didn't cover the rent. So he still had to make mortgage, mortgage payments. payments, property tax, condo fees, and insurance payments. Mm-hmm. So he was negative 300 before, but right now he's like negative, God, it was like something like 
1600 bucks a month. He'd been paying out of pocket for almost two years. Wow. I'm like, dude. And then, so when I heard that, I'm like, there's, there's gotta be something that covers it. So there are, there are certain thing, uh, products that are available with certain insurance companies where they will cover, is it rent or expenses? Uh, rent. Yes. Yeah. So basically, what do you do? You just, you, we, I have never done it. So like, you call up the, you, they, you yeah, tell they them ask what your you, rent is? No, or? they a, they ask you um, in your application how much yearly rent you're bringing in. Yeah. So, um, you know, you take whatever you think you're going to be able to rent it for. And I'm guessing that at that point, if they're going to be, if there's a claim and they're going to be paying it to you, they're probably going to do like a market analysis. Or um, do they just check rent. your lease? Or, Yeah. Yeah, probably we've never had to. a claim for something like that. Yeah, but. we've never had to. But yeah, I'm sure that there's like steps that they go through to make sure that they're paying you the an appropriate amount. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also probably show bank statements of like the tenant, how much rent they were paying because anybody can make up a fake lease, right? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so there's probably a process there. But yeah, um, in this situation with um, Sadler Insurance and the policy that they use through Peace Hills Insurance, um, like I said, it's really good covers rent payments, covers tenant vandalism, covers um, all sorts of of really great things that are missing from a lot of cheap policies. Right, right. And if you want, if you want, if cheap, you want a cheap policy, you can find one, but man, you're going to be screwed when something happens. Yeah. And I want to get into that in a minute. I'm just, um, does it cover, does it, co- what happens if like a, te- you know, let's say a tenant needs to go somewhere for, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, in a hotel or something like that. Does, do you know if the landlord's insurance covers that or is it the tenant's insurance that covers that? Um, I think that both policies probably have um, something in there. I'm not speaking from facts. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking just from what I can kind of remember. But I think that it always, um, that they always try to use the tenant policy first. So if they have that sort of coverage, yeah. then they would try to use the tenant policy first. And then yours would be as a backup if you had any sort of um, thing in there for that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so they would just they would work together, yeah, the two um, insurance providers and figure out which one's best. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I said I wanted to get back to it. Now I can't remember what that was. Um, rent coverage. Oh, you're screwed. You're screwed if you don't have it. Um, yeah, because I, if I recall, and, and we're talking years ago, I'm, I, you know back to being a CEO, you make a decision and then you never look at it ever again. <laughs> you just, you know what I mean? You make a decision, you implement, you know, a new decision, you, and you have your team implement it. And that's just, that's, that's the new, that's the new system. That's a new policy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, when a policy is created, you don't go back and review the policy every, every day. So when we created that policy for our business, I guess, but that was a concern. We made that decision. If I recall, it was like 40 bucks. This is a different insurance provider at that time. Mm-hmm. It was like 40 bucks extra a month. And I'm like trying to do the math in my head. I'm like, okay, that's 500 bucks a year. What's the likelihood that we're going to have that this particular property is going to be going to be damaged beyond repair or damaged to the point where it's going to take a significant amount of time to repair. Mm-hmm. And then you have to look at, okay, how much in premium am I, and premiums am I paying for that? And then how much am I actually covering myself for? I don't own any apartment units, so thank goodness. Because if, if you owned a, a unit for an apartment, um, you know, and one 
gets affected, then you're screwed mm -hmm. as well, right? Yeah. Uh, or a duplex, you know, if you don't own both sides, then, you know, it might not be your fault. Um, or townhouses. Townhouses is a good example too. Townhouse complexes yep. where, you know, fire can spread. So the likelihood is very slim for us. Um, it would have to be, it would have to be a fire, a significant fire at a rental property. But even then, you know, it should be repaired within six months, right? Yeah. You would, you would hope unless it was some sort of a wildfire, um, where uh, there were lots of insurance claims and, and insurance yeah, company yeah. or sorry, yeah. um, uh, uh, there was no construction companies around to, to repair it because they were, they were all busy, but you know, how much is that going to actually cost? And then how much is it, are you going to be spending for rent coverage as well? Anyways, it's something to consider when, when you're looking at insurance policies and you're looking at premiums and deductibles and things like that, look at the likelihood, look at how much it's actually going to cost you if you make a claim and then trying to determine if it's worth 500 bucks a month, sorry, 500 bucks a year for the next 20 years, right? It would be what ten thousand. To me, the answer is always yes. I I agree. <laughs> I agree because I would never want to be in a situation like my buddy there. Yeah. Where, uh, God, like I don't even like he. Well, even it almost ruined him. Not only that rent coverage portion, but like tenant vandalism, like, like a, a tenant can go batshit crazy in your unit, mm -hmm. and because they're pissed off at you, and literally destroy the place. And then piss whoa, off. Whoa, whoa, no, listen, whoa, whoa. listen. Okay, yeah. This, if you have insurance, and you know what you're doing with the RTDRS and stuff, mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter. I know you're saying like, okay, negative person Nancy. over there, Nancy. Blah blah and blah. And I don't sound like that. But this could happen <laughs> and has happened to people who put the wrong tenants in their unit, and something happens, they get pissed off, and they can they can destroy the place, and that can be thirty a thirty thousand dollar repair. Yes. You know, when you hear the the horror stories, like the actual news articles where it actually has happened, mm -hmm. and they've actually gone batshit crazy in the unit and destroyed the place, um, those repairs can be like thirty grand. Yeah. And if you don't have tenant vandalism. All you're doing is going to the RTDRS and saying, hey, they did 30,000 and you're getting- You're going to win. You're going to win, but good F and luck collecting 30 grand out of a tenant who- Rents a $1,000 unit. Rents a $1,000 unit. It's not happening. You're not getting that money back. That 30 grand to repair the place is coming or out of you your will, pocket. But you're going to be paying for it out of your pocket in the meantime. It's yeah. going to take years to get that money back. So- I mean, yeah, that makes total sense. And not every policy has tenant vandalism. That is uh, like, that's something that's only in a, a good policy. Yeah. Um, and I used to have um, somebody within my networks who used to brag about um, these like $50 policies that she would get off of like um, this website. Like, I can't even remember what the website is, but she used to brag about how low her insurance was and how it helps her cash flow in the property. Yeah. And I used to just keep my mouth shut and just cringe because like, that's just in my mind. It's like, I don't know. just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not smart. No. no. People just trying to save money. Um, you know, Varsh had a question in regards to that. And I think it's important to answer this. He said, wouldn't their tenants insurance coverage uh, cover vandalism by tenants? No. I don't know. Would it? Um, no. Tenants insurance covers their belongings. Yeah, their contents. I mean, there is extra insurance that they can purchase, but your tenant is spending the least amount of money on their policy that they can. It, it's covering contents 
and also there are different products available and services for like in the event that they are displaced and they need to get hotel coverage. What I'm trying to get at here is that they are not, even if they do, if they did have a policy that covered vandalism by themselves, do you think that you can force them to make a claim on their insurance policy, which is going to affect their insurance premiums going forward? Well, and wouldn't that be like me? They wouldn't do it. Wouldn't that be like me purposefully setting a fire in my place and then trying to make an insurance claim yes, and being like, I, I set I set the fire, but I just I need you to reimburse me to rebuild this place. Yeah. It it just it doesn't. Yeah. There isn't, and then it, it doesn't make any sense anyways, right? Yeah. But also like um yes, we if you're a sophisticated landlord, you make sure that your tenants get tenant insurance. But how often do you ask for proof that they still have that policy in place? Well, that's a completely separate topic. When they renewed last year, did you ask them for a copy at the renewal that they renewed their insurance? Why is it important for them to have insurance? Because it covers them, their contents. <laughs> well, our landlord policies have it as a requirement that the tenant needs to have their own contents insurance, yeah. contents insurance, right? So yeah. in the event of a fire, all of their furniture and everything else and their clothes and their money and anything that they have inside it needs to be covered. Mm -hmm. And a lot of policies have it as a requirement. So yeah. you need to make sure that you're double checking on that because if there is a fire, the last thing you want is an insurance company to use that against you that there wasn't a tenant's policy. And you're like, well, I checked it earlier. I mean, like the likelihood is so slim, but in, in the event of a very expensive claim, depending on any insurance company, you know, they might want to cover their ass. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be double checking that all of the flooring was the appropriate flooring that you said. They're going to find any, I, an insurance company who is trying to save money and not go under is going to do their best to make sure that they cover their ass. And that's why they asked you those questions. And if you answered questions incorrectly to save money on your premiums every month, you bet your ass that they're going to use that against you in court. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to pay you out your claim. Yeah. Right. So, but tenants insurance, I mean, tenants insurance, it just traditionally covers contents, just the contents inside it does not cover anything else. And if they want to get additional services like, you know, um, hotel coverage or anything like that in the event that they're displaced, then they can get that. But otherwise, no, it's, it's the landlord covers the building yeah, and the tenant covers the, the contents inside of their, their own contents. Yeah. Um, wow. Jared rolls in. Yeah. <laughs> what did I miss? Oh goodness. That's good. Um, so yes, you know, I, I like that you brought up your, um, that other person who had the, that bragged about the $50 policy. Just keep in mind that there are policies that just cover, you know, um, fire, mm -hmm. right? It's just like a vehicle too. Like you can get cheap insurance policies on your vehicle and it'd be a high deductible, right? Low premium, high deductible though. And it just covers, you know, the bare minimum that is required by law for fire insurance. Yeah. Right. Just keep in mind, if there's ever a flood, you're fucked. Yeah. If there's ever um, a fire with, you know, circumstances that aren't covered, a scenario that's not covered by your policy, you're fucked. Yeah. 
right? You know, the other thing that's really important to me with insurance, um, when we're talking about either, you know, like renter's insurance, home insurance, auto insurance, whatever kind of insurance you're getting, is that knowing how they are to deal with when you do have a claim is also really important. And that also builds loyalty. Like sometimes I don't care how much the policy is. If I know that if something happens, I'm dealing with the best company possible, that's worth its weight in gold. Mm -hmm. And like, um, I know tons of people use um, these Peace Hills insurance policies um, that that Sadler brokers, Um, tons of investors because it's such a good policy. Mm -hmm. We haven't actually gone through and claimed anything, but we did do an inquiry when we had um, a sewer backup, Mm -hmm. one of the properties. Um, but it turns out that the amount of, of repairs required um, wouldn't make it worth the actual claim. But it dealing with the um, adjuster that came out and checked out the property and had the conversation with us and that type of stuff, it was such a great experience. And he was so transparent in the process and what would happen and what would be covered and what wouldn't. And if we did file, what would happen to our policy, like those types of things. Like he was so good to deal with. And then I also think like, um, you know, like I've, I have family members who have been in car accidents and gone through, like, it's been a nightmare with the insurance stuff. And then I think to like, when I got rear-ended uh, several years ago, how amazing of an experience the insurance process was to get the vehicle fixed, to get me fixed. Like everything was just super smooth. People checking up on me. Like all this, like it was just like such a great experience compared to like some of the nightmares that people go through. And I know every every situation on how things happen and what the claim is is going to be different. But if you can get a recommendation from a really great company who's really great to deal with, that, like I, I just said, is is worth its weight in gold. It's worth the premium that you might be paying might be paying for the policy because things do happen. You're not invincible. Mm-hmm. Your property isn't invincible. Your car isn't invincible. Your body isn't invincible when it gets, you know, when you get in a car accident or, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it's worth it to, to pay for a good policy. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I did some quick math there um, as we wrap things up. Um, no questions today. Um, Jeremy I did... did have a question at the beginning. Oh, he's got a call in though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Quit being lazy. New policy. Got to call in if you have a question. Um, I looked up to see, because I remember that guy I was telling you about that I played hockey with. Mm -hmm. um, And I told you it almost ruined him. He was paying approximately $1,600 a month in expenses Mm -hmm. on that silly one-bedroom apartment unit. And... It was over two years before it actually got to a point where he was able to actually rent it again. Mm-hmm. $38,000. Wow. He had to cover for two years. Wow. How yeah. many of you can save, how many of you can cover $1,600 a month based off of your, your wages and your ex- living expenses? Mm-hmm. Not many people. That's, I mean, goodbye to his, you know, vacation that year. Goodbye to 
any vehicle repairs to come up. I was going to say, he might have even had to sell some stuff, sell some a vehicle. And he can't, there's no way out. Sorry, excuse me. There's no way out of, of that situation either. Yeah. Like it's not like, I'm sorry, I just sneeze. <laughs> there's no selling the property. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not habitable. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. There's no, there's, there's no renting it. There's nothing he can do. Other you either than, float it or foreclose. <laughs> and you really want to foreclose? Your credit will go. Yeah. It'll nosedive. But if you can't float it, that's your only option. So when I told him, it was funny when I told him about that, you know, the extra $40 policy about it. When I, I spoke to him a couple of years later, I'm like, dude, why didn't you get this? God, he was already negative $300 in the hole. Mm-hmm. It's funny. He knew about it. He was already three hundred dollars in the hole every month because of the negative cash flow. He didn't want to lose another forty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So, is it worth it? Well, I I say one hundred percent. Had he had it, even if he had paid for that policy for twenty years, it would have been ten grand. But it would have covered him for the thirty-eight for the two years that it wasn't. You know. Mm-hmm. So make sure you get a good insurance policy and don't just go for the cheapest one. Don't just ask fucking Facebook who's the best. Even if we say this policy or this, this, uh, this insurance company or this broker, double check us as well. Call, read it, review it, mm-hmm. make sure you're getting everything that you're supposed to get. If you think it's, it's too expensive and, and then they, they give you a cheaper premium every month, check the deductibles. Mm-hmm. In order to get lower monthly payments, they either need to reduce the amount that they're covering you for, or they need to, what they'll do is they will increase the deductible. And a deductible, for those of you that don't know, is what you pay in the event of a claim first. So if it's a $20,000 or a $38,000 claim, they might ask that you pay the first $1,000, mm-hmm. right? So if you had a, here's the thing, if you had a $1,200 claim, to repair a window, mm-hmm. but your deductible is a thousand. Do you make a claim or do you just pay for it yourself? Pay for it yourself. So your deductible is very important too. Mm-hmm. This happens a lot with vehicles. Yeah. People have a $700 repair, but it's a $500 deductible or it's a thousand dollar deductible. And they're like, well, I guess I'm just going to pay for it myself. Mm-hmm. What the hell's the point of this insurance policy? Mm-hmm. So make sure you're getting good, uh, um, deductibles as well. And it just, yeah, it's going to mean that your premiums go up every month, but yeah. Uh, you got Jeremy requesting to call. I think Jeremy has some Ooh, questions. One minute left in the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Oh, you're very quiet. Is this better? A little bit. You're still very quiet though. Okay, well, I will try and yell here then. Okay. Okay. I can adjust it later. Sounds good. I know there isn't much time, so I'll ask just two quick questions. How important is it to match appliances and flips? (laughs) Like brand? Yeah. 
Um, Two different answers. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 important. People like there's some people who like Wayne that just won't notice, but there's a big population of people that will notice, and that drives people crazy. Like I can't stand. I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to like live in a house where there was like a GE and a Whirlpool and a Samsung over the range microwave. Like it would actually drive me mental. So um, to me, it's very important to get a suite of appliances that match in brand for flips, not for, for rental properties, not as important. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds, sounds fair. <laughs> yeah. I was doing uh, some shopping yesterday and nothing seems to line up for brands. So. Yeah, that's the problem is with the inventory being down, um, trying to get the best deal and then also find matching brands is hmm. really, really hard. See, my opinion, like, ah, oh, they'll never notice. I didn't notice. I mean, I'm going to save a thousand bucks if I go off brands. So no, can't do it. Do it. But, um, <laughs> but Gabby has a point. Yeah. Okay. We'll market to the larger audience here then. Yeah. <laughs> and the last question here, uh, do you guys recall how much dumpster rentals are for those looking to uh, fit it into their renovation budgets? Mm. Yeah, they're, um, so to get like the, the, the biggest bins, like the really big guys, um, which normally you need during demo. Um, they're about, uh, well, depending on the rental company as well, it's important to call around because the prices and duration of the rental can change pretty drastically. But um, you can get pretty decent size bins for four to 500 bucks and usually get it for about a week. Okay, that's pretty reasonable. I'd yeah. budgeted 1200 so. Well, you might need more than one bin too, right? So usually like at the front end of the renovation, um, usually a bin fills up pretty quickly, depending During on the demo. extent of, um, you know, if stuff was left in there, if it's a hoarder house, like all those types of things, it, that can be, you know, several bins up front. But a, like one one big bin in the front end is usually sufficient, but then throughout the renovation, you're going to have scraps and and random materials and stuff that need to be thrown out. So usually during or at the end, you're going to need another one. So I'd say that 1200 wouldn't be unreasonable by the time your renovation is complete. Right. Sounds fair. Yeah, this one's yeah. pretty light, so not many materials. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, if you, I know that you're, you, you are within city limits, but also, like, when you get out to, like, St. Albert or Leduc or Sherwood Park um, and you're using, like, an Edmonton company, sometimes they'll also charge a, a premium to go out there. So, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much for calling in, Jeremy. He's already muted himself. Okay. Um, that winds it up. Uh, yes. Wraps things up for today. Um, insurance, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, Kristen just had a comment here. She's she didn't hear um, for the appliances. She didn't hear the brand match part. So she was in her mind. She's picturing Jeremy putting like a black a black stove, a white fridge, and a stainless steel dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, yeah, I clarified first question. Do you mean like brand matching? <laughs> Which was the style at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, so uh, insurance. Um, I'm glad we talked about that. It's important. Right? A lot of people don't put much thought into it when yeah. it, you should. It's, the it's look really... you gave me when I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? You want me to pull up an application form? <laughs> I just thought it would be important to go through because like, yeah there's so much involved in it and and i know that these this this right here insurance 
as small as we, you and I see it, you know what I mean? It can be a big hurdle for people. It could, it actually paralyzes people. Yeah. It paralyzes people because they're like, I don't know how to do it. And that scares me. Mm-hmm. It scares me that I'm going to buy a place. And within the first, so I, I'm going to buy a place and then I have two weeks to take possession. Yeah. And during that time, I have to do all of these things I've never done before. Yeah. And how do I know if it's copper or aluminum or how do I do this or how do I do that? But that's why, you know, that's why we have this morning show. And that's why we tell you guys call in every day, click the call in button. And if you have questions of like, what's the difference between copper and aluminum or how do I tell, you know, how do I tell what kind of plumbing it is? Um, actually, to be honest, don't call in with those questions. Cause I'm not really an expert. <laughs> um, I'll give you the best that I can give you, but, but definitely call in every morning and, and get those questions answered because it, the, the, the assurance that, you know, hopefully a lot of people got from just having this talk about an assurance about insurance. Yeah. Did I, yeah, everyone no, heard you me got clearly it, yeah. there. Um, the assurance that you're going to get about insurance is 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 hopefully going to help you, you know, make those decisions significantly faster. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too many people that are listening to the show that are still stuck in analysis paralysis. So anything we can do to kind of relieve that uh, and get you guys actually taking some action, then we'll do it. Yeah. So um, thank you guys so much for joining. Um, have an awesome Wednesday. And we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.